Hey guys, it's Siege here. As you know, TC and I are brand new to this podcast game and are still learning the ropes. We noticed some audio issues this episode and wanted to let you know that we noticed it, we're working on it, and hope you enjoy the episode nonetheless. Here it goes. What's up, bros? Welcome. Yeah, we are we are we are getting deep into this for, first season. And let me just say, it is panning out exactly how I thought it would. <laughs> is, it, is it is it panning out how you thought it was? Explain. To it's me. very little kitty. It 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 feels so childish in comparison to the other seasons. You know, I have to admit, I was thinking to myself, I was like, wow, this first season is a different show. <laughs> it's a completely. Different show, yeah. It's so like um, you and I talked about it earlier, but it's like the first season of Saved by the Bell. Uh, good morning, Miss. Uh, How it's yeah, it that was a completely different show. Yeah, it's good, it even had a different title. Good morning, yeah. Miss Bliss. Yeah, yeah, Miss Bliss. Um, and I was just like, yeah, this is kind of what this first season feels like. But it's also really interesting to me because you pointed it out that um, this is the only season that Minkus is in. So it's weird that it can yeah. be so iconic and at the exact same time. It's almost like he works really well in this format that the rest of the show did not work as well in. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. I, you know He's what? made for a different type of show. Yeah, I mean, because right now, I mean, let's just get into it. So we are dealing with an episode called Killer B, um, which I, I kind of wrote this down. The naming of this episode, Killer B, tells me that this was probably a different idea in the script. Like, I feel this format seems like it was probably a spelling bee originally in in the... Uh, yeah. And, in, oh, in I understand that. There's no reason for it to be named Killer B. There's not any reference to a killer, a B, <laughs> or a spelling B. Yeah, exactly. It's completely irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. So the name Killer B, to me, I was like, was this supposed to be like... A spelling bee, which would make more sense and is way more conventional in the TV trope. And yeah, that might be too conventional though. And I, I guess Feeney's the geography teacher, or no, I guess it's grade school, so he's all the yeah. So we're gonna get into that because uh, actually, that's not till a later episode. But I, there's this whole thing of like, what exactly does Feeney teach now in this episode? Uh, not in this episode, but I think in the first season, he is, like, elementary school. So, like, he does all of the major lessons, geography. Yeah, because he was the one giving Corey crap about his math yeah. in the previous episode. So, yeah. he's doing math and geography. He's just, apparently, geography is just a love of his. So, <laughs> Well, I, math, geography, earlier we did literature with... Uh, Romeo and Juliet, Romeo, that's Juliet. right. So, uh-huh. yeah, I think as of right now, he's just like that elementary school teacher where he does all of the the basics and they have electives okay all right but that's what i'm going up but like there it's never really defined so it's kind of weird right now sure it's a it's a, it's a bad name guys don't go off the name for this episode. yeah all right it's completely but like, misleading. To go off the name we do have to go to our segment tell me about it uh where i read the hulu description and it says Corey schemes to enter a contest so he can win a coveted baseball prize um, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, you know, this baseball thing in this first season is just really <laughs> throwing me for a loop. It's every episode. Like, we get it. He likes baseball. You're right. Jeez. It's a little, 
little um i guess you know what it is it's like by episode five we're just like a does this kid have any other interest anything yeah (laughs) and also like they bring up a great point in the episode that this prize has nothing to do with the contest that they're i am doing it so angry at this prize this prize like when we get to that section i was like this is the dumbest this is this This whole episode is really just a stretch (laughs) across the board thank you i was just like wait what why this makes no sense yeah i don't know i it's yeah this we'll we'll get into it all right so uh getting into the episode let's go up into it all right so our opening scene is we are in the classroom where feeny is handing back tests uh there's no topanga yeah there's no topanga in this episode and guys i i immediately notice a difference yeah like as far as me just being into the episode like minkus does a good job but topanga is just such a great character that for her to be absent after having such a big role in the previous one doesn't make sense yeah exactly that and then also i feel like with the rest of the cast because like um Black Third Seat Kid is is seen a little bit later in this episode. Yeah, we do get the return of Black Third Seat Kid. Um, but that makes me think that, like, these, it's that um, age-old problem where it's like they shot several episodes, but they released them sure. at different times. You know what? You're right. That's exactly what happened. That's 100% <laughs> what happened. <laughs> because this just doesn't, like, there are lots of things that, again, not that, Boy Meets World is ever known for its consistency, but like there are a lot of things in this episode that you're like, it doesn't kind of make sense with the world we've established so far. Because we live in a post Topanga Boy Meets World universe, <laughs> and it, this episode feels like it was shot pre Topanga. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely before they even had an idea of Topanga. And I'll get into it a little bit later. It's even a little bit pre the feeny we know like i am not a fan of feeny in this episode no you know what feeny has like one redeeming moment towards the end of the episode but you're right he's just kind of like not a great person to cory in this episode yeah and i was rude to him yeah and i'm just like who like this would have this episode would have worked for me had they had another teacher like had this been like his elective teacher or his yeah or something i would have loved this episode so much more I think that this this whole first season and this kind of back and forth between Corey and Feeney is to show us their relationship and their bond growing so that we're able to believe that Feeney has the special place in his heart for Corey in later seasons. That's the only thing I can determine. Which, which makes sense, but with that... What you said makes sense, but it's like a, I, I will give it to the shot out of order because again, what we've seen sure. so far is like a, we already have that connection with Corey. So this episode makes it seem very, very again. George just doesn't seem like George in this. Sure. Episode. Well, I would also say that we're we're to believe that this is Corey's first year with Feeney as yeah. as an actual teacher. Like Correct. up until this point, Feeney has only been a neighbor to Corey. Correct. So maybe this is again just the growing pains of their relationship. That's I don't know. I'm <laughs> maybe giving it too much. We're fighting, we're fighting for it. But yeah, all right, getting back to it. Uh still in the opening scene. Feeney is handing that test. The highest scores, of course, goes to Minkus. Minkus. Always Minkus. Highest test score, Minkus. Yeah, exactly. And then Feeney hands back the other test and says that Corey got a C. And then this is 
where Corey's like, how could I get a C? Um, and then Phoebe's like, East Germany is not a country anymore. And Corey's like, the textbook says that it's next to West Germany. And Feeney points out that the textbook also says that Hawaii and Alaska will make great states one day. And as funny as that joke is, I'm like, is this Corey's fault? Yeah. What we're seeing here is um, even though apparently he goes to um, upper class Philadelphia <laughs> school, they have dated textbooks. And Corey says to Feeney, he's like, hey, how can I get a C? I actually studied. And that's where Feeney brings up the point to where, like, hey, these books are old and out of date. You got to start watching the news and start getting more up to date on current events. But again, how is that Corey's fault? Yeah, exactly? is that his? I feel like, A, I feel that as a teacher, I am not a teacher. You're married to a teacher, so maybe it's different. But, like, I'm not a teacher. And in my mind, and as someone who has been a student, I would think that the test should reflect both the lesson taught, but it should, like, um, this isn't college where you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> you expect them to do more. If a kid reads sure. a textbook, then it should kind of really correlate with Or just be like, hey, in. guys, heads up. This textbook says something that's not true. Just so you know, at the bottom of page 33, this is incorrect. Know this instead. Like, exactly. I feel like I've had teachers do that. I just, I don't think that, uh, at least in this episode, I was really upset because I was like, no, Corey's completely right. If this boy who doesn't study took initiative, took out the book, read the source material, and you're like, oh, that's outdated. Uh, you should have been paying attention in class. It's like, a, yeah, but whatever you teach should correlate with the textbook. Sure, 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, but this is where Feeney says the Board of Education doesn't have funds to keep up. You have to watch the news. And I'm like, no, he's Gosh. five years old. Well, actually, he's like 12, but still. No, I mean, it's it's a simple – like, I, I don't get this. If you give me a book, I'm going to study the book. Like, <laughs> I don't know. This, this whole episode just feels, again, a whole big stretch. But Exactly. Uh, and then that's when Corey goes that why can't um, – he's like, why can't history or geography be like other subjects? Uh, math two and two is always four science the world always goes around the sun and history lincoln always gets shot in the head and then this he says lincoln got off easy yeah exactly and again we've kind of hit a bit i just feel like feeney is like done i don't know if it's like just mid-semester yeah he feels like like a teacher that's at the end of his ropes which is Again, unfortunate because Feeney always seemed to get such a joy out of his education um, or teaching, you know, that it seems odd for him to have this kind of like um, this burden. Like, yeah. oh, gosh, oh, I got to grade these papers and deal with these kids where it's like, no, dude, you love this. What are you talking about? And that's what I'm saying. I was like, to me, Feeney has to be like either like towards the end of a pay period or like he's just sure, like, sure, mid- sure. Like it's midwinter blues or something, but it's just like this is not the Feeney that we know. And at this point in time, Corey's not even challenging Feeney in ways we've seen him challenge Feeney before. <laughs> I think the whole process of teen, like Feeney teaching the kids lessons without outwardly teaching them lessons, is the switch that's gonna happen, but it hasn't happened yet. And once Boy Meets World as a show realizes that that's where Feeney becomes like this mystical James Earl Jones figure, <laughs> yeah. Um, once they find that as part of his character, that works really well. But it's just taking a while to get. I there. love this James Earl Jones. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a great way. Of- 
Yeah, he is. He's the white yeah. James Earl Jones. <laughs> All right, so with that Lincoln joke, we have our opening credits. Um, and Eye roll. I'm still listening to all of it, and I hate it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, and then after the opening credits, Feeney announces the plot of this episode, which is that there's a geography regional tournament. and uh, who Called Killer B. <laughs> yeah, call Killer B. <laughs> Just to and, try to make it work. <laughs> and uh, who will be representing the school this year? It is, of course, Minkus. And uh, and I I do want to say that I I pointed this out in a previous episode that we do have Minkus fulfilling his role as Corey's antagonist yeah. just by being the opposite of Corey. He is always smart. He always has the answers. He makes Corey look like trash, or look makes Corey look lazy i guess because yeah. you have Corey going i studied for this test how is it possible but in this episode specifically you see Corey realizing that and then trying to you know like oh you know what i'm gonna be try to beat minkus this time i want to try to be just as good if not better than minkus which yeah. i think is a great device for for these two as characters yeah 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 i mean you you've kind of pointed it out but minkus is there to kind of always show up Corey, and I see it a lot now that you've mentioned it, where it's like, uh, yeah, the only purpose of Minkus is to show how Corey struggles in school. Yeah, yeah, he, he Corey's constantly confused by everything, and Minkus seems to have all the answers. Especially seeing that, like, with Sean, it, like, if we were just to have Sean in the class, Corey's average. Corey, like, you know, it's not like Sean's got, getting Bs, or if Sean's getting, like, failing out There's, that's never really shown they i don't on know top. that the sean that we've seen is the sean that's sean that's the thing <laughs> that sean is essentially like second seat kid in these episodes with the exception of the hair episode he was more of a best friend but even here it just seems like he's back to being second seat kid it's really funny because um with sean i think uh I have to keep reminding myself of where we're at. And it's good to see where we're at because we know so much more about the future and you do have to be like, no, this is where we are in the story. This is where these characters are. (laughs) Like Sean, if if you were just watching this show, like, the first few episodes with us having not seen the show before you'd be like who is sean why do they keep talking about him who is this character because he's hardly in these episodes well that well honestly i would just think he is that best friend trope he's he's sixth to Corey's blossom you know it's just like a sure you're just sure, there, sure, sure, especially sure. at this time that, yeah that's who you are you're a best friend trope you're a waldo geraldo faldo it's like a you're waldo geraldo <laughs> Which, by the way, I always say his full name. It's Waldo Geraldo Faldo. We're doing Family Matters when we're done with this. (laughs) I don't know if I could do Family Matters. No, you can't. You can't, man. I once saw an episode where Steve turned himself into a karate Asian man. It was really offensive. I can't. (laughs) Uh, Okay, back back to this. Um, So, Minkus thinks that the prize will be a a pull-down map. Um... And he's all it, excited about yeah it. he's really excited about this but it actually turns out to be the bad boy at the opener of the world series what kind now, of prize is this again <laughs> this is just an absurd prize for a like knockoff spelling me this seems it's like a, a thing regional like, tournament 
Sure. Like, hey, <laughs> we're going to have, like, a, someone who won, like, Little League, like, do this. Like, something related to baseball win this prize, because that makes more sense. <laughs> There's no reason for this to be the prize of this award. Especially when everyone's wants a map anyway. That seems like a cheaper, <laughs> more manageable gift. Well, yeah, you're right. It's It's a cheaper gift. But my whole thing was, like, isn't this... A little bit, and maybe my response to this is a little bit sexist, but isn't this a little bit sexist for you to be like, sure, oh, oh yeah, the 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 prize to this a regional again regional geography regional, tournament, yeah, that's that is good. the to be Bat Boy at the opener of the World Series, and it's it's just like a who. Who's that for? This was very specific yeah. in mind. Like, whoever created Keep this in game. mind, yeah, the kids who are signing up to be in this geography tournament are not the kids that give a damn about the World Series. It just exactly. doesn't... All of this feels just so... Just... <laughs> I don't know. But, keep but going. On, but on that, yeah. It's just, I feel... It's funny, because you're like, just just keep going. And I feel like that's what this episode was. I was logging in all of the scenes and i'm like this episode just feels like it's constantly dragging yeah yeah it just there was no like again minkus really brought out a lot of uh like excitement to the scenes but other than that i was kind of just rolling my eyes through most of this episode yeah all right um so on that um this gets Corey's attention of course and he says that he wants to make a play for it and sean points out that he didn't even (laughs) remember the burlitz wall um, which again yeah. is just like a joke about them not knowing geography. Uh, Black Third Seat Kid, again, we see in the background, and um, class is dismissed, but Corey goes and approaches Feeney and says that he's making a mistake by bringing Minkus. Um, and what's the most important thing in a competition? And Feeney's like a uh, talent, skill, and, and Corey's doing this whole little head shaking bit, which is kind of cutesy in TV. Um, but he responds, it's the will to win, uh, which I actually do like. Um, and this is, it's episodes are scenes like this where you go back into Corey kind of being ahead, like are more mature for his age in certain elements. Like, I, I think if anything, we learn throughout this episode and the previous episodes that if Corey wants something, he will work to get it. Yeah. If he wants, you know, a water gun for water wars, or if he wants kids to sign a petition to keep a librarian there, like he's going to find a way to do it. He is a smart kid who just doesn't use his potential towards school schoolwork. And this is the first time we're seeing him going, no, I, I can try to do this and I can succeed in this if you just give me a shot. Exactly. Um, and with this, uh, Corey says... Uh, I'm going to win this for you. Uh, and then Fina's like, but you're sucking up to me. And he goes, as hard as I can. And with that, this is where I get into it. Feeney goes, his response is, you've given me full confidence. Corey's like, in me? He's like, no, in Minkus. And again, Corey is making a play for it. And Feeney is just like so... He's cutting down Corey in a way I don't think I've ever I'm used I'm not I'm just not used to seeing Feeny be this way. I don't know. I feel like again, be, if not judging Feeny based on his future development, but just judging based on what we've seen of him so far, it's not it's not unusual. I guess I I'm not shocked by the way he's treating Corey in this incarnation of Feeny, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean like again, it's my opinion, but I disagree. I completely 
I've spent the, because it seems like he's just been so annoyed. Like this is the kid who's been listening to baseball in my class, and this is the kid who tried to paint my fence or, or like you know or <laughs> whatever. Like he's always Corey's always just a problem, and he does. He seems like he's always a distraction. I can see why Feeney would be annoyed by this kid. Again, I that's what I will say. It's like I think of it as that's what I'm saying. It's like is it just like. Feeney's just exhausted at this point because that's what I'm saying. Feeney usually has like a brave face when it's dealing with Corey or he's like a, yeah, you know, he's like the adult who knows that this kid is trying to wiggle his way into whatever, but he's just tired in this episode. (laughs) Um, all right, let's just move right into this Eric storyline because I just have so many complaints and comments, guys. This is yeah. ridiculous. It is. So uh, I will warn you, I'll be talking a lot about white people in this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to put that out there because this is definitely like a, I watched most of these scenes being like, a, this is white people problems because I just yeah. don't know. My, my, parents answer would have been a very swift oh well then don't go <laughs> like, like, yeah like all right just so i mean it, let's yeah. explain the concept yeah all right uh we go the next scene is at the matthews residence and we see amy ask eric to babysit um and he says he can't and she's like oh that wasn't a request which i kind of like she was like oh you thought sure yeah you had some say in this no it's like uh i i was asking you to be polite but babysit your kid uh, he says he has tickets to the Aerosmith concert, and he's bringing Heather, who, again, good for Heather. This is the same Heather from the first and yep, five second, third episodes episode, in, and we're still yeah. with Heather. Yep. And uh, Amy says that she'll just get a sitter then, and they could drive together, because apparently the parents are also going to the Aerosmith concert. Now, let me just say this. Before we get into Eric's reaction to this, I thought this was a very interesting plot device. You have a very unique situation with Aerosmith because they're kind of this cross-generational group where they kind of had this resurgence in the early 90s, you know, all those Alicia Silverstone music videos. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But they also have this great, like, you know, history of the 70s too. So it makes sense to use this to kind of bridge this generation but I feel like they could have done a way better job than just Eric complaining that his parents wanted to be in the same room as him. Like, they live in the same house as you. Like, why are you so offended? Yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. She even, like, my whole thing is she gives Eric an out, even. She's like, oh, you know, we asked you to be a babysitter so we could go to this thing. You said no because you also have tickets to it. And I'm like, all right, well, instead of telling you you can't go and us sacrificing our night or anyone sacrificing their night, we will pay out of pocket for someone to come watch Corey and Morgan so you can still attend the concert and, like, we'll even drive you there. And he's just like, you're too old to be going to Aerosmith. He is legit mad that his parents <laughs> are going to be he even says like i'm not gonna go and be like in the same car with you or in the same like arena with, with yeah you, arena with you and i'm like why what did these people do to you besides <laughs> just be good parents like jeez <laughs> like what, where's all this anger coming from yeah again i without any i just these are white white kid problems <laughs> yeah this is really just like like the idea of going to a concert was so exciting that if my 
mom offered or whatever to take me to a concert like yeah let's go i'm yeah down. exactly i'm a child who else would i go with <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted to go with heather and that's my other thing is like she they didn't even say like oh we'll sit together or anything like that it was just like oh all right cool you want to go let's all go and he's just like no you can't be in the same building as i'm gonna be in um yeah it's 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 not great. Um, so enter Corey, Sean, and Black Third Sea Kid, uh, and they're kind of holding Minka's hostage. With their I, I wrote that same note <laughs> verbatim. That I I have it. I can screenshot it and send it to you. Corey, Sean, Black Third Sea Kid kidnap Minka. <laughs> <laughs> and Corey asks his mom if she's ever met Minka's, and she's like, "No, it's nice to meet you." And his first response is, "Call my mother." And they just ignore that, by the way. Yep, doesn't doesn't bat an eye at it. Like, this kid's clearly asking an adult for help. Yeah, he is. He's asking an adult for help. <laughs> and she's just like, uh, she goes right by it. Third kid says that, uh, third seat kid says that Mikas is just nervous and they're going to take him upstairs now. They never explain what's going on. And he, nope. Minkus the, yells, the parents don't even seem interested in, like, asking questions just to be like, hey, who's your new friend? Does his mom know he's here? Anything. Basic yeah. stuff, Amy. Come on. Minkus yells 27842. It's the only Minkus in the book. And that, like, so there's a throwback in several ways. One, I was like, that has to be like his address, right? Because that's too few of numbers. Yeah, like, I didn't quite understand what that was supposed to be either. I thought, is this a pager number? What, what, what is I this? figured it was like the beginning of his address. Um, you know, sure. so, and then like if you look, but like if they're I mean, the only Minkus in the book, then all he had to say no was like, "Need to give the clarification." It's just, "Hey, look up Minkus in the phone book because <laughs> it's the '90s, and I know you have a phone book." <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, this is we are clearly pulling apart this episode because this episode. Yeah, man, like whatever. We're mad at this episode, and we're we're taking shots, whatever. <laughs> but no, here's the thing: I'm loving reviewing this, but it's just this episode. There's so many bits of dialogue where I'm like, "Wait, what? Why? Why are we doing yeah. this?" Uh, all right. So Minkus is there, you know. Yeah, he goes, I'm glad uh, that you could come over. And he tells him to chill. And Minkus is like, I don't even know what chill means. Um, and then this is when Sean's like, one out of every four people is a nerd. And uh, clearly there's four of them. So Minkus is the nerd and they can help him. And Minkus is like, but I like who I am. Um, can we just talk about this peer pressure, this like, we're going to pressure this kid who's doing well academically to specifically not focus on his studies just so we can get some kind of prize. Like, that is classic what? television. So I'm not even going to pull at that string because there's like, <laughs> that is something that's just a television trope. It's like it, these boys are bullies, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a, this what? is a, this is bullying on another level. You're messing with this kid's academic future. Like, I don't know. Yeah. They maybe don't, I'm they pulling don't too, that, too hard. But, what happens? Oh, so Minkus is like, uh, oh, sorry. They're like, do you like it when people make fun of you? And he's like, no. Do you like it when people, when you're last picked for teams? No. Do you like it when everyone pulling your underwear up your butt all the time? And then this is when Minkus is like, it's not so bad. And I'm like, oh, what is this? What was that supposed yeah, to mean? Thank you. Thank you. Because that has several different interpretations. I completely was thinking the same thing, and I was like, I have no idea who that joke was written for. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Because <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure what he means by that. Yeah, like, 
again, Does it's he like enjoy the pressure. Of, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Let's not because <laughs> because of who we're dealing with. Let's yeah. just move forward. But it's still, move on. It was a very weird joke, and I wanted to call it out. Yeah, um, it was. It made me uncomfortable. <laughs> same. <laughs> All right. So then they ask, um, "Let us help you. Don't do the tournament. It'll be bad for you." But um, because it's like I like geography. I like the adventure and the exoticism of it. Um, and then he even points out, he's like, if I don't do the tournament, will you like me? And they're like, no. He's like, so what's in it for me? Um, which is a very valid question. I, I, I need some help understanding this about Minkus, which is, I don't understand how he's a real kid. There is something <laughs> about Minkus that is so just like, like he should be like in a special school for like smart kids. Like he's that smart that he doesn't seem like he's challenged at all in his studies. He's constantly getting A's on everything. Like, it's borderline irresponsible to keep him in this class where he's not being challenged. That's a good point. I mean, do they have AP classes in fifth grade? Because Minkus is either brilliant or he's he's just super nerdy. But... I don't know. He just seems to be doing so. I, I, his character just. I, I need a little bit more than just this, this machine of a boy who always has the answer to everything. That just seems like there, need, there needs to be something else to his character because I, he does great with what he does, but there's no, like, there's no face behind the mask. Yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. No, and I, I agree with you. It's like uh, in this episode specifically we're dealing with tropes more than we are with characters. Yeah, and this trope of just this kind of nerdy smart kid has been done so many times that I feel like we're just seeing impressions of tropes instead of impressions of people we actually had interactions with in school. Which, I mean, as we've said, I we're being a little bit harsh because we know that this show does better with its characters, but in yeah. this episode, it's it, it really... It's, we're dealing with surface characters all around. No, I, I knew I was going to nitpick this episode. I got to be completely honest. I knew as soon as we got done watching that, I was like, man, we're going to tear this episode up a little bit. <laughs> because I know it doesn't reach the caliber of the last episode, which was just so significant and great. This just feels, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, they they negotiate with Mikas, and they're just kind of like, a, you name your price, we'll do it. He's like, a, when you're playing Bombardment, don't aim at my head. And that's like the agreement that they come up with. Which, again, I feel like you could have asked for more, but whatever. We're going with that. Um, and Black Dirt Seat Kid says, <laughs> what's the point of playing if we can't throw it at his head? Jeez, <laughs> like honest boys (laughs) yeah yeah that's exactly what we're dealing with right now so back in the kitchen alan comes home and eric is like you guys can't go to aerosmith so eric is still being like a little uh yeah he's still upset about them just wanting to see their concert like it's their date night letting them live their life yeah exactly and uh they they point out that they've been listening to aerosmith since before he was born um yeah, they said that their fir- Eric's first Aerosmith concert was in his mom's belly at Madison Square Garden in 1978. So just to date this, Eric was born in 1978, which yeah. seems so ancient now. It does. That's, Eric is officially 10 years older than me. Yeah. yeah. 
Which again, it makes sense for the time being, but like I just pointed that out because oh, I, it makes us seem old now. I'm uh. an 88. Uh, makes <laughs> yeah. maybe you seem old. I'm still living. I'm the last week of 87. That doesn't even count. <laughs> <laughs> Point being is, I'm younger and I'm 10 years younger than Eric in this episode, so I don't feel wow. that bad. But that does mean that Eric is like mad old. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So anyway, um, he goes, how old are these guys anyway? Like a million. And they're like, yeah, they're our age. And Alan shows his tickets and they're like third row seats. And like, I love this. So Alan's like, yeah, when you're older, you get the good seats. And that's pretty awesome. And again, they even offer to buy um, Eric seats closer and so he can see the stage. That's really where I lost interest in all of Eric's storyline because they they were like, hey, we have third seat, third row seats. We will offer to buy you closer seats. They didn't even say sit with us. They were like, hey, we'll get you closer seats so you can actually see the concert. And Eric was just like, I, you're you're lucky if I even go to this thing if you're going to be there. Like, what? Like, you're trying to get impress your date, like. I feel like just getting as close to the stage as possible would matter more than who's around you. You've been to concerts. Literally, the people around you don't matter. As long as their freaking stupid phone is not in front of your face, it doesn't (laughs) matter. So you're, and you're right. I personally, I mean, like, I get it. I, I haven't, I can't say I've gone to anything with my parents and my relationship with my parents are different than Eric's are, or like TV kids are with their parents. So I get that whole thing, but at the same time, as you pointed out, if I'm at a concert, I'm there to enjoy myself and have a good time. I like even if the people around me aren't living up to the hype that I want to be. It's like a forget you. I'm here to see who I came to see and have a very very good time. Yeah, it just uh, yeah. I agree. (laughs) I agree. Your answer is just lasai for like. And then just again, I I I I appreciate that they're trying to do something with Eric's character besides him just kind of be this pretty boy. But this just seems like um, it doesn't seem uh, organic to his character. Um, I disagree. I feel like it can be organic to his character because what we know about them is sorry that they are privileged middle-class kids so like the idea that he would be this upset um at his parents joining him for a concert it's very low stakes and yet as a maybe that's it maybe it's the fact that it's a very low stakes problem that they're trying to escalate to a full b storyline when this is like a c storyline at best (laughs) yeah it's very low stakes there's like you're like what what exactly what's the worst that could happen yeah what do you lose He ends up going to this concert and doesn't have that great of a time. All right. Like, like I feel like an even better storyline would have been like, like he, he didn't know they were going to the same concert and he showed up there and his parents were there. You know, it's like a, that's, that's, that's a it. That line. is a better, that's a better episode. Yeah. That <laughs> All right. So back at school, uh, Minkus resigns from the geography tournament. And this is when he tells Feeney that uh, he just doesn't feel like it goes with his new brand. And he's going to be Stuart Minkus, regular guy. And Feeney is like, I've always considered you exceptional. um, And why would you settle for being a regular guy? R.E. average, R.E. mediocre. Um, Which, you know, again. Again, (laughs) Feeney just feeling like he has some solid 
preferences towards Minkus. Yeah, exactly. More so than anyone else. And I think, you know, it's funny because they talk about this geography tournament like, oh, you know, Feeney's won the last five years. He just seems real kind of selfish. He's just like, I just want this win. Yeah. But why does this matter to Feeney? Like, uh, and my whole thing is, I didn't mention this earlier, but like, uh, why is this just the Feeney thing? Like, are other classes not participating? Like, is it just that Feeney? Yeah. Like, what's going on? It's just... Minkus is somehow representing the entire school we're expected to believe because uh, it's regional and there's no explanation given as to why. And it's just like a, we're doing a lot of jumping around in this episode. To me, it would make more episode if there were other teachers and it was a school event and they were like, pre- like everyone was talking trash to Feeney and then Feeney was like, no, I want to show these people up. Yeah. And like that makes more sense to just have it be this competition that Feeney cares so much about that he's being rude to his other classmates and pressuring Minkus to do something he doesn't want to do. Exactly. I don't know. And then seems Fe- weird. this is where Feeney, like I said, he was like, I always consider you exceptional. And because it's like, well, exceptional guys get balls thrown at their heads and he just wants to be a regular guy. And we get to see Corey's kind of like mouthing the words, which says that he like coached Minkus in sure. this. Minkus is like, he catches himself and he's like, no, I ain't, <laughs> it ain't gonna work. So it's like, yeah, he's trying to dumb himself down a little bit. Uh, and then that's when Corey. Is like, hey, you know, I'm your guy. And he's like, Feeney, come on. I'm the only game in town. And then Feeney goes, then there's no game. If I were Feeney and I had graded Corey's test for like a semester and I saw that, you know, obviously this kid got nothing more than a C, I would assume that like, yeah, my isn't going to compete in this competition. There really isn't any hope for me to win this because I know what you're capable of doing. I, it's harsh, but I, I guess I can understand it. Well, yeah, even Feeney does say you've never shown any interest in geography. And Corey responds, yeah, but I'm interested in the geography tournament. And you can teach me. I'm an empty vessel. And yeah, and and that's when George is like, all right, so are you saying that you're going to dedicate yourself to really trying to learn this? And I guess what I uh, the approach that I'm taking to this is that. You said earlier yourself, Corey has, and maybe it's because this was shown out of sequence, but Corey has proven that he does go hard for a goal that he wants. He goes so hard. So, <laughs> so for the fact of George to be like, no, like Corey made it very clear. Yeah, you're right. I'm not, Corey has no, um, interest in geography. Yeah, interest in geography. He even no, says, no. no, that's not what this is about. He, I'm interested in winning this tournament. And I think that that's the point that should be uh, really... Important. Well, I think at this moment, we're supposed to kind of understand that George sees something special in Corey when he's, like, begging. Because Corey even says, like, hey, I just want to learn. And there's no better person to teach me than you, Mr. Feeney. Like, kind of buttering him up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, And I do think George at this moment kind of feels like, okay, if you're really going to sign up for this, if you're really going to take this seriously, then maybe we have a chance of getting this done. Um, and so I think that Corey's kind of... um perseverance yeah is something that feeney kind of gets more on board with this idea with 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, which leads us to our next scene back at the Matthews residence where Corey's in the backyard with an atlas. Corey does a lot of things outside, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a way to involve Feeney in the home life. No, it is, but it's just like Corey does a lot of his schoolwork. Or thinking but you know what? Life. The 90s was just about being outside. Why be inside? Like, there was nothing fun inside. Your friends couldn't play inside. There was no computer for you to play on. You may have had, like, Nintendo Maybe you're right. I don't know. You know what? It's Fresh a air. Time. Fresh air does the body good. And, yeah, it's uh, a different era. But this is when Black Third Seat Kid and Sean, uh, they're they point out that Corey's studying too much, and the teachers are starting to notice. They, they Corey, the more he studies, the more he becomes Minkus. Is that what's happened here? I think that's supposed to be that trope of like a there's the nerd, and then there's the regular kid, and the well, more that the nerd. Sorry, the more that the regular kid does things that the nerd yeah. would do. Yeah. It's because like, they start throwing things at his head and he goes does the owl. Yeah, exactly like Minkus used to do. Yeah, and it just I don't understand. Like they make it seem like you can't be smart and also be cool yeah, at the it's same like, time. What makes you a nerd are like what makes Minkus dorky and the glasses and the Ow, and like all this other stuff is the fact that Mikas is smart, and it's like the smarter you—you you can't be smart and a regular kid. <laughs> yeah, because Sean is seen as the coolest kid, and Sean is the opposite of smart. So exactly, which is funny because you know later on, and maybe you you pointed this out later on, Topanga is both. She is. You're right. Topanga does become the Hermione of the group later on. Yeah. See that happen. Um, so again, maybe it's just a first season. Yeah, first yeah, yeah. Well, they're issue, trying guys. to make it like easily identifiable. And so we're leaning really heavy on the tropes of like a you can't be smart and a regular kid, at least sure. in, in elementary school. Yeah. Um, and so he Corey is like, you know what? I need uh your help. We get to enter Minkus, who is wearing this. What is Minkus? Minkus wearing? is coming in. He's wearing cross colors. If you're not familiar, he basically looks like he was walked off the set of a TLC video. Like yeah, he first, does. Literally first TLC. Album. Yeah, first album. Who on the TLC tip? That one. <laughs> Um, it's borderline inappropriate. Uh, a little. I have to. It, he is the clearly. Hat he is eyes. clearly trying too hard, and he's even like, "What's up?" And you could just like, to be fair, again, watching it, you're just like, "Oh yeah, this is like classic white boy watches two hours of music videos and assumes yeah. that he's hood now." <laughs> it's yeah. It. it it, I don't know if you've ever seen someone like do like uh, a Mexican impression in a, in a mariachi band outfit, but this is the equivalent with hip hop. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's laughable. Uh, I, I mean, it's supposed to be. Um, but yeah, this is just where like Minkus enters and he's trying to be a regular kid now. Um, and Corey tries to rope Minkus in. He's just like, help me. And Minkus is like, look, you're on your own. And everyone else has has kind of left at this point, but uh, Feeney enters the picture, and uh, this is when Minkus turns to Feeney and is just like, "Every time I think I out, they suck me back in," and like the audience kind of laughs and applause. But I was really, really upset because I was like, "That's not even the quote." 
<laughs> yeah, I I think that they couldn't use the quote. I think oh. it was a purposely oh, done okay. to Okay. Yeah. That's a very good way of looking at that cuz I was like that's This is TGIF. They're they're drinking like 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 sun-kissed juice that's like missing like one S. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, this is all knockoff right. television. Yeah, they stuff. copyright infringement. All right, that yeah. makes sense cuz well, you know, it's very common that people misquote like that I've seen that line misquoted several times um and so and just so everyone knows the original line is just when i thought i was out they pull me back in which is from the godfather 3 which again it's like are we saying that minkus has seen the godfather 3 and like also the worst of the godfather (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) there's a there's a lot going on um minkus points out that he got his outfit from watching house of style on mtv Um, do you remember that show I do not. Not at all. I do not. I'm sorry, guys. Not not in the slightest. But he does say that um, he asks Feeney what he thinks about it. And Feeney's like, I think this is the decline of the Western civilization, which is very, you know, you kind of expect that from Feeney. I don't appreciate him looking at Minkus in his hip-hop-based clothing and saying this is the decline of the Western civilization. Again, I'm not surprised that Feeney said this, though. But, uh, yeah, you're definitely, you're right. Um, and then Minkus is like, I agree, and I'm going to go watch Beavis and Butthead now. And my whole thing is like... And- yeah, I also wrote this note that this is the second Beavis and Butthead callout we've had this season, and it's strange because it got the same crowd reaction as the first time. Exactly. And Why I'm... are they trying to bite off their fame? <laughs> I guess I guess Beavis and Butthead is like the biggest thing right now. It's like totally, re- but it's like a are the kids who are watching? I mean, yeah, are the kids who are watching Beavis and Butthead also watching? Boy you know, broke. the only thing I can think of is that, like, in the same way, because I, I do remember when South Park first came out, and that kind of being that thing that, like, the kids weren't supposed to watch, but they were watching anyway. Beavis and Butthead, I do remember seeing a little bit, but I was so young that I, I can't say as if, like, what the cultural, like, phenomenon of it was, like, how far it went to the point where... uh abc sitcom is referencing it like that seems constantly it's been five episodes and we've had two of them refer to beavis and butthead um which again i just i the whole thing is i wasn't allowed to watch it so you know i saw the movie bro (laughs) twice all right so but this is when feeney checks in with Corey, and he's just like how's the studying going i I think you'll make a good bat boy he's just kind of leaning on the fact that you know, Corey's doing this for the prize, which Corey is. But Corey replies that he is enjoying learning this stuff, too. Yeah, and I think that this is the part of – this is where Boy Meets World starts to have that heart that yes. we kind of yes. expect from Boy Meets World, where Corey was originally, you know, studying just to get the prize, but he realizes he actually enjoys it. And then Feeney starts seeing – kind of has this more prideful approach to Corey. He's, he, he understands that Corey's working really hard. He likes that Corey is, is learning and enjoying learning. Um, so I, I do think that there is some of the classic boy meets world kind of magic there. Um, but it's just, it's very minimum. No, no, episode. you're right. Cause like right in this, it's like where Corey's like a, like, for example, did you know about the, the Hawaii used to be the sandwich islands and Feeney is like, oh, yeah, is that named after someone? He's like, yeah, the Earl of Sandwich. And he's like, you don't think? And he's like, yeah, he invented the sandwich. And it's like a, 
he's not giving him the answer. He's leading him to see how far he's and how deep he's sure. dived into this. And yeah. I think that this is the Feeny I know and love. This is where yeah. Feeny is Feeny, where he's he is seeing this potential with Corey and uh, kind of fanning those flames. Sure. As opposed sure. to earlier in the episode where he just seemed like hell intent on squashing them. Yeah, it just seemed like he was so focused on his prize. And I think that's the thing that makes this Feeny seem weird is that he's more so focused on what he's going to get out of it versus the kids, which never seems to be the case in any other. Like, he always seems to be putting the education of children first. Yeah. Um, And I think that's why this moment kind of changes the episode because you feel like there's a return to form for Feeny. Exactly. So we get this little small little kitchen scene where the family is quizzing. <laughs> quizzing Corey. And I have to like, I like this, like the whole, it's a whole family thing. Everyone's there. Amy and Alan are like, um, giving them little questions, uh, about geography. And then this is when, uh, Eric is just kind of like saying all these musicians, naming them to see if they have anything to do with his parents. Well, Eric has decided he's like, well, I'm not going to go to this concert. I'm going to go to another concert. And he's like, I'm going to go see Tina Turner. And he's like, that's that's our generation too. And, you know, what about Eric Clapton? That's our generation too. Like, he just keeps kind of going back and forth. Elton John, that's us too. Well, what and I love about it is <laughs> he goes Tina Turner and Amy's like, that's my mom's generation. So it's like a... You think you have ownership, but we don't even have, like, what you're listening to now is, like, even older than you think. Um, but I guess I'm just like, oh, Eric is supposed to be hip enough to be going to an Aerosmith concert, but he doesn't even realize that they have songs that predate the year they came out. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know that Tina Turner's been around for a while. Like, Didn't he I be, understand. like, listening to Pearl Jam or something anyway? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, he's been listing nothing but classic rock groups to the parents. And he has no understanding that they have a history that predates the 90s. And yeah. I just think that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. I like, And it even kind of feels like, like, it's not like Eric's even listening to these things on vinyl or anything. You know, there's nothing that shows that Eric is this a is radio, yeah. Who, yeah, it's just like on the radio. So, you know, like, if this was a Madonna concert, I would kind of even understand it. But it's Aerosmith. Yeah, I like, and I, I guess I'm trying to just think about what I knew of music at the time. And even, and I'll use this as an example, like in the early 90s, I understood that Michael Jackson was an artist that had music out, but I knew that he also used to make music when he was a kid too. Like I understood so that. I love even, that you, A, I knew you were going to use Michael Jackson because how what? could you not? And that's like, as far as you and I concerned, the 90s. Yeah, no, dude, I noticed, I noticed. <laughs> For those who can't see, uh, uh, TC is wearing his Thriller t-shirt. <laughs> it's for good luck. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly like Michael Jackson, I will not deny, I I didn't really make the connection for Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5 and Michael Jackson being the Jackson that I knew until way, way later. But I still like... He was just Michael Jackson. I didn't care if my parents listened to him. I don't know. I just feel like it's a weird Yeah, I don't know why Eric, again, I, and then we probably have talked this to death, but there's no apparent reason for him to be so offended 
offended. And that's yeah. what it is. He's offended that his parents like the same songs that he likes. <laughs> what? Exactly. <laughs> so next scene, it was a very short scene and it was kind of like unnecessary, but whatever. it does show us that Corey has been quizzing himself studying. and yeah. studying. So the next scene, we are at the regional tournament and we have all these teachers. Okay. Now this is a very weird scene. We have all these teachers um, there are three other students on stage that we see, and each of the teachers is like massaging the kid, kind of like as you would if it was like a boxing match. But it Doesn't seems very all. inappropriate. It's inappropriate, but I will say that they were very smart enough to make sure that each of the pairs were same sex. So like you have a male teacher, a male student, a female teacher, a female student. And it was just like I just, again, I I don't see where it correlates. I don't see why having an adult rub your shoulders is <laughs> necessary for a geography match. Like if they were doing something physical, maybe if this was gymnastics, I well, again, it's as inappropriate as the prize for this contest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I love that they kind of hint at it because like, Feeney's like, uh, do you, like, are your shoulders tense, Mr. Matthews? And Corey looks around, he's like, yeah, you know what? It is. He feels like he could get, and then Feeney does this little bit of physical comedy where he's like, well, then roll your shoulders like this. And it's it's just a bit of fun, which we don't usually get from George. So I liked it, but. I also think that Corey looked adorable in his little suit. Oh, he does. He yeah, yeah. <laughs> Corey, again, if there's one thing that, um. Ben Savage does really well. Ben Savage sells this character so well. Like at this age, at every stage, he sells Corey. But like he's Corey's just so, always played so earnestly. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah I love it. All right. So anyway, uh, this is when like Corey is just like a relaxed Musafini. It's in the bag. Corey's like smug and overconfident. And we know that he's been studying, but then we have like that scene flip where it's like a he goes from being confident to looking extremely panicked. Well, the reason why he's extremely panicked is because the uh, moderator to this yeah. uh, contest is giving out college level geography questions yeah these are questions that no one would know i don't and know about no one i do i do feel that the whole point of this regional test is the questions are supposed to be hard like i didn't this this seemed over the top for me i don't know <laughs> for a, this is sixth grade yeah but again i don't know i don't I, a i also said that i think the original concept was spelling bee so Which it should have stayed i feel like that would have been the easier thing for him to see be like oh i could teach myself to spell like that's exactly like an easier thing to learn exactly i just but i feel that like they didn't go with it because maybe ben savage couldn't just memorize those words you know what i mean like a, sure yeah I maybe there was like, a reason yeah they they switched it for some reason but like the I guess because I'm not good with geography anyway, I was just like, all right, well, hard questions are hard questions. I didn't know any of these answers without Google, so good luck on it. I don't know. I just I feel like I was pretty decent at geom geography and that this these questions just seemed really um, like questions you would get at a high school at the very least. But again, for this specific age group, it just seemed unnecessary. It seemed way too hard because, like you said, this is regional. This isn't even like the top competition. <laughs> yeah. um, 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, all right, so with that, Corey's like, are these dudes working from a different globe? He's just like, he's asked his question and he panics and starts talking about the Earl of Sandwich. For uh, no reason. Yeah. yeah, for no real reason, which is like, it's a, a funny thing. It's a short, the whole tournament, like a really short bit. Um, we see the afterwards where Corey is like really defeated. He's down on himself. Um, he's just listing all the things that he knows about the states. One little note that I did put down there is he was like, Puerto Rico is still a territory as is Guam, as a U.S. territory as is Guam. And I was like, well, he, at this point, he knows more than most Americans yeah, seem to know. Yeah, 100%. Puerto Rico still doesn't seem to be a U.S. territory in uh, modern Americans' mindset. <laughs> We're still no, having to teach all. them that. Yeah. The winner shows up, and she's like, yeah, what does even a bad boy do? And, yeah, again, it's like it shows She has every right to, right to question the prize. She has every right to question why this prize is necessary with this competition. And she even says the same thing Minka said, which is, I really wanted that pull-down wall map. Yeah. <laughs> they should just go back to that and that makes again this makes sense nothing else does and like i get that it's supposed to be like uh you know a, a circle uh as to a joke earlier but it's just like it's like they call out their own mistake yeah all right so fine yeah i think one of the next to final scenes is we uh we're back to the matthews house and this is where Eric, like, honestly, I'm just, I'm happy that we're almost done with this Eric storyline. Yeah, it, it, the fact that this was, like, the big resolution was Eric's storyline, just, it felt like, yeah, like, how much attention are we going to give to this? But whatever. Okay, I mean, so wait, 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 but the good thing is, Eric is talking about the concert, and we, in this scene, we get to finally meet Heather, who is played by, by Nikki, Nikki Cox. Cox. Dude. Yeah, which is great. Dude. And I think, and I, gosh, I really wish I was able to verify this, that this was one of the actresses that actually dated Will Ferdell. Oh, dude got to date Nikki Cox? I think that this one and, like, Jennifer Love Hewitt were the ones that he dated in real life and that made it on the show. But Yo, I can't, I, you I, know what, I need to look that up to I verify I kid that. you not. Nikki Cox was definitely a crush. Like, oh, for sure. Uh, and we get to meet her. She plays Heather. Uh, and I think personally, Heather is way out of Eric's league. I just like. Well, what's interesting is that in the first episode, and then like every time you hear Eric talk about Heather, he always talks about her as if he's, she's so far out of his league and he's so lucky just to be on the same date as her. But it seems like she has been like completely cool about this whole Aerosmith thing. She yeah. likes his parents. Yeah. And he can't, he doesn't give a damn that she's having a good time or whatever. He's just like, no, you're ruining this for me with Heather. But Heather doesn't care. Yeah. So she's why like, does he I care? like your parents. I think they're cool. And he's like, oh, I'm the lucky guy with the cool parents. And you're like, yeah, dude. That is lucky. What do you want? Yeah, what are you even <laughs> complaining about? Like, your life is good. Like, go to <laughs> Syria. Like, what is up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a, um, they're like, and he goes, that's not even the, the worst part is not even that they were there. And then we get this little setup, and then Amy and Alan walk through the door. And they, they are dressed a little... You know, it's a little. No, they're just like hippies. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but they look like they had. They said they had fun. Heather said that she had fun, but Her Eric's like, I didn't have fun because my parents were there. Um, yeah, he said he couldn't have fun because he kept staring at them in the third row. Which exactly one 
what do you why are you even at this concert if you're just gonna stare at your parents the whole time and two you missed this concert well my whole thing was like you're 64 rows behind them and you can see like like what are you doing no i can't see i can't tell what anyone's doing that you have nosebleed seats practically you should just be enjoying the concert anyway yeah and then, yeah, but I do like this whole fact because Alan's like, why should our fun get in the way of your fun? And he goes, because you're parents and you're not supposed to have fun. You're supposed to be sitting at home, which is, again, well, and- it's like this teenage dynamic of uh, you're not a real person. Yeah, and I do think there is some truth to this storyline where we actually do see this, you know, learning that your parents are actually people, that they're not just these robots that just clean up after you and just tell you when to go to bed. Um, I do think there's something to that, but I feel like they could have done it in a much better way. Again, I think the story works with some tweaks. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Because the the Aerosmith thing, I think, is a good tool. Yeah. Um it's, it this, is a this, generational – it does cross generations. It's so, poorly executed. Yeah. Um, and then that's when they said that they had backstage passage, which I'm like, you know what? They they enjoyed themselves, and I like that. They showed that Eric may have had a hard time and a hard night, but Amy and Alan, they went at it. They had a really good night. Yeah, they they were they went balls to the wall with it. And um, what's interesting is that uh, – Eric goes to sit on the couch next to Corey, and he's like, "Corey, move over. I'll join you on the loser's couch." Yes, Heather, Heather is on that is couch. On that couch, <laughs> and I'm like, "What? Like, did you just call your girlfriend a loser because she went to the she she got the the yeah. tickets to go with you to be with her? Your parents were I I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's so like this is they show Eric is. Again, he's being a teenager where he's not really – and I will say that that's very realistic. Like you're a teenager. You're not really thinking about um, how other people feel. But it, it is just a thing where I guess being older, you're like a dude. Give give people credit. Um, I, I would be surprised if Heather is in another episode because I would assume if Heather had any respect for herself that she would have <laughs> dropped Eric the moment that he like called her a loser essentially. For- exactly. Being where his parents were. Exactly. Well, I like because Alan goes that we're at that awkward age where we're parents, but we're not dead yet. (laughs) Um, And then Eric gets upset and he's like, I'm taking Nikki home. And then Alan like instructs them to sit right there and sit back on the couch. He gets very authoritative. Uh, and he sends Corey and Morgan to bed. And I was confused by this whole thing because it seems as if like they set this up as if um alan's telling everyone to leave the room so he could have this kind of parental um you deliberately disobeyed me kind of talk yeah. to eric but it doesn't pan out that way no i mean it is they do switch it up and what happens is instead he goes you know when i was your age i had the type of father that you wanted um but i wanted the type of father that you you got and you're just gonna have to deal it's like a, i'm not that guy and i'm sorry i'm not that yeah. guy but he does he kisses Eric on the forehead and then he leaves him there with uh, Heather. And I, I that's when they realize that they have been purposely left alone. And I think that this goes back to kind of Alan with Corey and the water gun where, you know, Alan's like, look, you are so obsessed with us not having a good time. You missed your date. Um, yeah, I, I do think that, um, Alan, in the same way that he's willing to wake Corey up to watch a baseball game, 
he's not completely blind to the fact that, you know what, his son didn't have a great time. Him and his wife had a great time. Let me, let's leave the kids down here. Not with the lights off. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> we'll yeah, that's when Eric's like, a, oh, fun. I have, like, the cool parents. And Alan's like, ah, ah, not that cool. Which, again, it's like a, what they're saying is, like, a, enjoy your date. Enjoy yeah. the rest of the evening. We understand that you guys are probably going to make out. But uh, let's not forget that you're in the house. Um, one of our final scenes in the episode, Minkus is, like, back to normal. He p- says this little line, like, nothing against Cindy Crawford, but I'm kind of a, I'm a kind of chung type of dude uh which again it's like uh this is literally written by someone who is like oh we're right into the mtv generation i don't know it's like yeah it, yeah <laughs> i mean these all of all this whole thing felt dated everything yeah. about this episode felt dated yeah 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 um and then feeney says you know his kind of i guess what would be usually a a feeny lesson but he says a man doesn't know himself until he walks a mile in someone else's enormous pants um and you know it's kind of like a hint at like uh oh that you got to see what it was like on the other side um before sure. before he leaves um cory asked minkus uh if he knew the answer to the question that he had and of course minkus knew it because as you pointed out minkus knows everything and he has no flaws yeah Corey approaches feeney and he's like you know minkus probably would have gotten you that the sixth uh trophy that you wanted and i just wanted you to know that i tried my hardest and uh, yeah um, i i and I, I like it feeney kind of wraps it up with this little analogy of uh 15th century explorers and that geography was taking their boats as far as they could go until they went over the edge and that Corey went as far as he could go, and together they've charted new territory, and Corey has earned himself an A on his geography quiz. I think that this is the part of the show, again, where you get that Boy Meets World heart, because the in the beginning of the episode, you see uh, Feeney looking towards this pl- uh, all the plaques that he has of the, his previous wins. There's clearly a spot for another win there. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, Corey's like, you know what? I'm sorry I couldn't do this. And Feeney's like, hey, you pushed your mind as far as it would go. And you know what? It paid off. And he shows Corey his uh, geography test, and he's gotten an A. Yeah. And Feeney takes that A test, and he puts it up there with the rest of his tournament plaques and said, we did it. We won. Yeah. And this was the moment where I saw that, and I was like, man, this is the the – this is the reason why I love this show. It's because of moments like this. Yeah, exactly. And I, and this was a, a good balance, a good close to the episode. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I liked this ending. It's kind of cutesy, but I feel like it's one of those things where it's like a, this episode should have been a short. <laughs> like, you know, it's like it was an idea that wasn't really fleshed out. I feel like every storyline in this episode should be B storylines in other episodes. Correct. I completely agree. Um, we get a little epilogue scene, which simply has Corey watching the world series and the Batgirl, the girl who won the competition and ends up being Batgirl. Uh, she protests and they make like the joke using the same question that going, it's again, it's like just completely out there. It doesn't make any sense by a long shot. Uh, sure. It just ties into it. But um, that is our episode. So let's bring it into our section of Feeny Taught Me. Feeny Taught Me. Feeny Taught Me, where we talk about the lessons of the episode. Uh, what is What did you think the lesson of the episode was? I mean, I, I think the lesson is that if you try and you fail, it's best that you tried. Yeah. But 
Here's the thing. For a decent Boy Meets World episode, and we saw this with the pilot, that the A storyline, the B storyline, the C storyline, they're all connected. In this episode, there wasn't any connection between the main storyline of Corey trying to be this bat boy and the B storyline of Eric and the parents at this concert. Um, So it's like, what lessons did we learn? Well, Eric learned a completely different lesson than Corey, even though I don't really know that Corey or Eric learned the lesson. Exactly. It's funny that you said that because I didn't write down a lesson. It was like, what's the main takeaway? I was like, I don't know, pick something. It literally could be whatever you want it to be. And I think that why that that's why this episode struggles to just uh, capture our attention in general is because there doesn't feel like there's any stakes across the board. You're right. I mean, like, Corey gets, like, a bookend uh, storyline, but no one else really has anything. We don't utilize Morgan, really. Um, the par- the only thing Morgan does in this entire episode is throw away broccoli. <laughs> That's true. I, I even for- See, I forgot about that bit. Uh, yeah. Even. And so, yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, I don't know. But... Anyway, that's so what grade do you give this? I think it's clear to say that it's not an A, but what grade did you give this? No, I'm giving this a hard D. A D? Hey. I'm giving this episode a D. There are and again, it has it's not that this episode is so bad, it's just that there are way better episodes. And coming off of the Topanga episode last week, which was clearly an A, this just I again just loses so many points just for the lack of charm and the lack of um, connection between the different storylines and just the relevancy of the storylines. I I think this was a pretty the weakest we've seen so far. You That's know, I'm not idea. gonna lie. I I usually uh, grade a little bit lighter, but I'm gonna go with you on this. I, I'm gonna give it a D. It's it's just it's not what I think it could have been. I think we've yeah. come up with better solutions for the episode uh, or like different ways they could have made this than they did and uh, this is just not it's not boy meets world this feels like a, a a script that they had before they started shooting things and getting audiences reactions i agree like to see what works like i like i feel like once the topanga episode happened there was definitely decisions that were made but we're not really seeing the the results of that yet exactly i agree and i think that I just I, there's nothing other to say than I agree with you and I we get better. So um yeah. That said, what I was going to say, um not to deter people from continuing to watch this season because it is a decent show, especially if you have kids and you kind of want to show them episodes that you watched when you were younger. Like I feel like this is a great way to do that and learning to love these characters before the show really builds, I I think is great. So definitely continue to watch it. But there's just, you know, this episode is a lot of learning on the part of us as an audience and as them as a show. Yeah, and I think that we know that it gets better. Uh, We know that our storylines and even what they do with the other characters, we um, are still living in a Topanga-free world right now. So there's just going to be... balance, yeah. Yeah, there's just going to be other dynamics that we uh, venture into. So those are for later episodes right now. Of course. Listening to Bro Meets World. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook. A lot of you have been checking us out on Stitcher and iTunes. Thank you so much for that. Make sure um, all of the handles were at Bro Meets World. You can email us at Bro Meets World at gmail.com.
retweets and at Kendrick RT at Twitter. Um, I'm also all I got. Alright, so yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. Uh, remember to uh, do good. Alright,